0: Oh man. This is crazy. I feel like I should still be sitting back there on a pew. Did you know there used to be pews in here? Yeah, it's true. I sat right back there. Either back there or I was up in the balcony. I was one of those kids, you know? Yeah. Balcony is here for the balcony, folks. You guys are spiritual too, right? You're spiritual. Your spiritual. I think my husband's up there. Yeah, you just can't get out of the balcony, can you, Chuck? You just can't do it, can you? Uh, I don't know if you can see him up there, but Chuck, would you stand up, please? That is the best-looking man on campus. He was then. He is now. He is my is my hunk hunka burning love, I like to call him. I hope that was okay I said that, Pastor Doug. I hope that was okay. Uh, he... Um, He came here when I was a sophomore. He was a freshman, yes, I robbed the cradle. Doesn't matter, because he looks older than me, so it's all right. So, uh, yep, I was the last. I like this section right here. Can I just come right over here? Oh, you need to move to Winona State University. I I like that. I got, like, one white boy in my audience that, like, keeps talking back at me, and I'm trying to get them all to, like, a couple weeks ago, I said, can you, like, bring some white hankies or something? So, man, I just, I love feedback, okay? So come on, help me out. I'm scared half to death up here. I'm the last person you ever would have chosen, that ever would have been chosen in 1989 that would have come back 30. One years later and spoken in chapel, but I love this place. You are at such an incredible college. Yesterday I was just flooded with encouragement from my North Central friends that I made way back in the day, and they were just encouraging me, cheering me on. That's going to be you guys. Invest in people while you're here. I do lots of side sermons. This is one of them. Will you do something for me? Get off your phones when you're walking through the hallways. Okay? Okay? There are people, there are people around you that are going to be in your life, that could be in your life for the rest of your life. And you could miss meeting someone because you're on your phone. Okay, I'm not going to like going, oh, this generation, blah, blah, blah. My generation's just as bad looking at our phones, okay? Okay. We're all missing things. We're missing people. And I'm telling you, someone who was here before we had those things, my closest, my most amazing, my most supportive friends are from North Central. In fact, I think I saw one of my old uh, uh, residents from when I was an RA, Angie, Angie Paidon, right there. She was on my floor when I was an RA on 3 North uh, in, in uh, Miller Hall. That, that was the place to be. They said, who wants to be the RA for the freshmen? And I, they're really rowdy and immature. And I said, I'll fit in great. That sounds good. I didn't know. I was going to end up in college ministry then for the, from age 40 on. So I just want you to know that I am living the dream that you guys all wish you could live. Because I am living the college life without paying to be there, without taking tests, without going to any classes. I was in a class this morning. Oh, man. Somebody asked a question, does that paper need to be double-spaced? And I'm like, oh, hallelujah. I do not have to ask that question ever again. It is wonderful. Okay, we're never going to get to the real deal here if I don't get going. So I have a really profound, profound title. I hope you're taking notes. I hope you're taking notes. All right, you can take them on your phone. You better not be on, on Instagram, okay? You better not. I'm, I'm too close to see you right here, okay? All right. Yes, you can take notes on your phone. I do recommend you carry a real Bible and use it. Um, man, I encourage you to write in your Bible. Here's something that I wasn't told. I wish I'd have been told earlier when I was in college. Use your Bible a little like a diary, Okay, And like right on the side, like, oh, this message was when so-and-so was at chapel, or this is a scripture I shared with my roommate. You will just treasure your Bible so much. I started that, um, before I went to Winona, I started writing things down. And I love just flipping through my Bible and seeing things on the side, along with, of course, all the highlighted scripture and stuff like that. So use your Bible, bring your Bible. You'll be glad you did. So here is the profound... Title to my sermon, Things I've Learned. I know. (laughs) I had to think a long time for that one, let me tell you. But in reality, this is the third sermon I've written in the last uh, couple days. I had one all ready to go yesterday, and I just felt when I got up in the morning, this is not what I'm supposed to preach. Maybe the day comes someday. I'm supposed to preach it there or somewhere else, but I don't think this is a sermon I'm supposed to preach. I think it's too challenging. Not that you guys couldn't take a challenging sermon, but I just felt like that wasn't what I was supposed to do. And yesterday I met Wyatt the coffee guy. Where's Wyatt the coffee guy? I don't know where he is. Wyatt, my buddy right there. Yes, he makes a mean latte, let me tell you. And I was talking to Wyatt and Wyatt you so you know I was kind of torn because I'd written a new sermon yesterday morning and I was like I don't know if I'm just wussing out and I don't want to be direct and I want people to like me too much cuz I'm a people pleaser and I want everyone to like me and maybe this is going to be too hard or if I'm just supposed to preach this other sermon. And Wyatt said, "You know what? Um, it's been really heavy around here this semester. You've lost a friend?" I mean, you guys have been through a lot. Um, there's, there's that. I mean, that's that's enough right there. It's it's February in Minnesota. You know, and, and it's just like, and I said, you know what? I think I'm supposed to do the more, the more uplifting, the up, more uplifting sermon. And I want to I want you to know too. I'm like I said. I'm kind of terrified to be up here. I'm going to give you a scripture that the Lord gave me. When I started speaking to people, because I was never going to be a preacher, I, I didn't get called to ministry until way later. When I was sitting in your spot, I was going to be a high school counselor. And then I did church ministry, volunteer with my husband until I was 41. I did, was not a preacher until then. And when it came time and I knew I had to speak, that was very scary to me, even though God had called me to do that about eight years before that. But he gave me this, and you need to remember this. You need to write this down, you need to read this before you're asked to get up and share in front of a very small group or a very large group and everything in between. Jeremiah 1, 5. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. O sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you, I'm too young. I felt like yesterday I was saying, I'm too old. I'm not cool. I'm not skinny. Man. And the Lord said, the Lord replied, don't say I'm too young or whatever your hang-up is about yourself. Don't say I'm too young, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, Look, I put the words in your mouth. Today I appointed you to stand up against nations and kingdoms. Some you must uproot and tear down. That was maybe more the first sermon I had. Destroy and overthrow. Others you must build up and plant. And I said, I think, I think this is what I'm supposed to do. And actually, Wyatt, I rewrote my sermon again last night um, after I talked to Doug Graham and got scared again. And so um, I just didn't think it would all fit in 25 minutes. So I redid it, and the Lord just, I mean, God is so faithful. Last night, you was just like, boom, 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 boom. So these are the things I've learned. When it comes to being in ministry, whether in the marketplace, because that's where I was for many years. Many of you are going to be in marketplace ministry. That's primarily the college students that I talk to are marketplace ministers. I am preparing them to be warriors. We're not going to be able to have church before too long. I hope you realize that. So you need to be preparing for more than just leading worship in a church or being a pastor in a church. You better be preparing to make disciples in your home because that's what we're mostly going to be doing, and and you're going to need if you are a pastor, you're going to be bivocational. So you need to learn how to talk to people out there. Now, you all go to the gas station. You have jobs. You, some of you live off campus. You have neighbors, and you're walking right past them. You need to have a heart for the lost. You need to care about that person because you need to break through that fear of talking to people in our everyday life so that we can bring people to Jesus in a very relational way because that is what most, really, we're going to be doing very soon. Very soon, there probably won't be churches. I'm not a big doomsday person, but I am a realist, and I see where our nation is going, and we are getting closer and closer to that. But these are the things that I've learned as you're trying to figure out your purpose Number one, I'm sorry, as these are the things I've learned. Number one, don't overthink your purpose. I even push this on my college students a lot. I would say, you need to know your purpose. Let's pray and really find your purpose. And I think that can get so overwhelming and so intimidating. And if we end up sidestepping from that like I did, I thought my purpose was to be a high school counselor. And then we end up going a different direction. We think that we're just getting it all wrong. And I think this is what God does. I think he makes us this person that's going to desire to do what he's calling us to do. It's not elusive. He's always, already made you that way. So when I thought I am going to be a high school counselor, God had given me a love for students and then college students. And I filled in the details. Oh, I'm gonna be a high school counselor, name on the door, pictured it in a school. That was just me filling it in, and the Lord said, well, you're close. You can go with that for a while. And I never worked a day as a high school counselor. And it was halfway through our, early in our youth ministry in Duluth, I was sitting in Applebee's with three 10th grade girls, And I would jokingly call that my office. Sometimes even I would jokingly call it my counseling office, not making any connection. These girls that night asked me, Keely O'Hara, she asked me, what was it you went to college for? I said, I was going to be a high school counselor, but I never ended up doing it. She looked at me like I was the absolute stupidest person in the entire world and said, you are. I said, what? And she said... You are. You're doing it every single day when you talk to us. I thought, I did follow my calling. I did have part of that right. Don't fill in all the details of your purpose right now. Think about what the Lord has just wired you to do. When I got here today, they said I could go sit in the green room. I was in there for like a minute and a half, and I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> Nothing against you introverts that like to be in green rooms. I was like, I got to go find some students to talk to. My, my staff is here. Would you guys stand up for a second? My Winona State alumni staff. Awesome, awesome. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Uh, my husband's here. My daughter's here. But I, they're, they're all laughing when I said that because they know I can't. I, I just really like to talk to students. I'm energized by people. Some people are have to have energy before they talk to people. I can be completely dead exhausted, walk into our student center and I'm like the energizer bunny. <laughs> you know, some of you, some of you, you totally get that. Yeah, you identify. That's that's my brother right there. I am telling you, just God made me that way. And then he found a way for me to serve in that way. Don't overthink your purpose. Don't put a bunch of walls around it. Don't put yourself in a box. 1 Corinthians 10, 31 will help you with this. Keep this verse accessible when you think about this. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. I think God lets us choose sometimes. He directs us to even pursue things that are within his calling. And then sometimes there's a few choices and he says, you can choose, but whatever it is, do it with all your heart and give me the glory. I think that's what we need to focus on more than, what is my purpose? Okay, let's do it for the glory of God. Number two, be faithful in the small things. I have students come to me, I feel like God's calling me to his ministry and I'm gonna speak to thousands. I just had a student say this a couple weeks ago. And I just wanted to say, oh honey, that could be. But are you, are you willing to just talk to your small group right now? Because that is, um, Karen Hagen was in my class that I spoke in this morning, and we were talking about you have to be faithful in those small things because it's training ground. It's training ground. You're not ready to talk to thousands, young man. But you know what? God's given you an opportunity to be a small group leader at Kyle Alpha at Winona State. And if you love and you care for those guys in your small group, as much as you do want as much as you want to love the crowd someday, he will continue to give you more opportunities. Luke seventeen, ten, Jesus says, if you're faithful in the small things, you will be faithful in the large ones. We don't get to do the large ones till we prove that we're faithful in the small stuff. Our first church was um, Staples, Minnesota, small church. I love Staples. I love Roy and Kathy Miles. We learned lifelong ministry lessons there. I'm going to specifically refer to one of them in the next in the next point. But one of the really big things we learned was hospitality. That was back when we had church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. And every Sunday night, I mean, that church had maybe I don't know, Chuck, like 80 people. Every Sunday night, it's probably more like 30 or 40 on Sunday night, they invited everybody to their house. They were not exclusive like I see ministry people be nowadays. Shame on us. I see this a lot, and I think it makes the Lord sick. I always get a kick out of it. I can get treated completely different before people know I'm there as the speaker. Oh, honey, I am telling you, we got a ways to go in this, people. We need to be faithful in the small things, and we need to be faithful with the small people because maybe we're the ones acting even smaller than them at that point, right? Ooh, ouch. Okay, we better move on. You're going to throw me out of here. So we learned hospitality. We learned to love everyone. In youth ministry, people have said, Steph, how did you you get to do some of the things you're doing? I'm telling you guys, this is not rocket science. It's all biblical. Be faithful in the small things. Just serve. Just do what God's called you to do. At camp, I would go to camp. Um, my husband was youth pastor, and he kind of rose in the ranks because he was the full-time youth pastor. That was fine. I was, I was there to just help because I just loved helping in churches or at camps. Worked with Mark Dean, just a champion, a champion. I just, I just man, Mark Dean, Clarence St. John, I just love those guys so much. They've done so much to, in a quiet way, just, just help women, not even quiet all the time. But I was talking in the class that I was in earlier about this. You know, sometimes we just want a position when we haven't earned it. And you have to be faithful in the small things, men and women. I'm talking about two here. This isn't just for women. And I was the first female head counselor at camp. It was not because I asked for it. It was because for years I helped in the office and I helped in... Um, counsel, just being a counselor. And my husband and my cousin's wife, or my cousin's husband, uh, Bobby Lokanen, were the two that kinda helped Mark Dean run camp, so they would deal with all the disciplinary issues. I think there might be some Lokanen kids in here today. They probably don't want to raise their hand and admit that I'm their aunt, but I am. There's also some Nasser kids in here today. Uh, also, same boat. They're all hiding under the chairs right now. But yes, I am your aunt. Oh, way to go, Josiah. You're not ashamed of me. In Josiah Nasser just the bomb? He is just so, he definitely gets like the best hair award for sure. OK, anyway, oops, there we go, rabbit trail. Um, <clears throat> Uh, Youth ministry, so I was helping at camp, and they were taking care of disciplinary things. So what would happen just because I was there? It was just because I was there, just because I was available. They said, hey, we've got some issues now with girls. Can you come and sit in? And I would go, and I learned from them. They were amazing at dealing with disciplinary issues. I wouldn't have known how to do it before sitting in with them. They're really good at it. Then, after a couple years, Mark Dean said, you know what? We've never had a female head counselor, would you, and you've been pretty much doing it. Would you be the female head counselor this year? I said, yeah, that would be cool. It's a really hard job, by the way. Uh, it was a lot of work. I didn't know what I was signing up for, but it was an honor to be the first female head counselor. And so then after a few years um, went by, and by then I was in Winona, and I just, um, again, because it's a lot of work, I said, I don't know if I should do the female head counseling. I just I need my summers to really plan for Chi Alpha. And he said, you know, I knew you were going to say that, but Steph, you've been around, and we can trust you, and you love this camp. And I was wondering if you'd be willing to be the first female camp pastor that we've ever had. We've always had men do that, but we are wondering if you would be the first female camp pastor, because we have all these girls at camp being called to be ministers, and we want them to see that all these positions are open to everyone. And that was a quite a few years ago. Mark Dean was very progressive in that, so I got to do that. So when people are like, how, do you, how did you get, be faithful in the small things, see a need and meet it. I was just struggling to carry my suitcase up the stairs yesterday, um, not here but over a couple blocks, and somebody walked by. I'm sure, it wasn't a North Central boy because they would never do this. But there was a young man that walked by and just watched me struggle. And we have a—I know you woulda—you'd have taken it all the way in. Said, "Can yeah? How can I help?" Um, we have a culture at Winona Kauffman. It's called "See a need and meet it." We are now helping Mike. AMIAT, run the North um, Great Plains Salt Conference because, not because we're so great, but because he knows Winona State sees a need and meets it. And just for that to be part of our culture, to be faithful in the small things, to see a need and meet it. Number three, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And that applies right here. Because I had friends here that I still have today that have pushed me, that are iron-sharpening, iron friends. They are incredible. But I will say I also had friends that tried to get me off what we would call the straight and narrow or God's plan for us as Christians. And pretty much without fail, um, they're, they're not doing real great with the Lord right now. And there were times in my life, even in the Christian world, that I had to make a decision. I've had to do the same thing in ministry. I've had to be very strategic who I'm friends with. I'm not ex- exclusive. I'm friends with everyone in the church. But Kathy Miles, that lady I was telling you about, talked to me about inner circle friends. She said, Steph, you make sure everybody in that church, everyone in that ministry knows you love them and you're thankful and, and you are friends with them. But you be very, very careful who's in your inner circle. Because they're going to have a huge impact on your life. Some of you need to change some friends. There just might be some things that, man, they're, they're pulling you in the wrong direction. And maybe they're not friends that are here. I don't know. I'm not saying that's all p- friends that are here. But, man, they're... Um, They're definitely not necessarily those iron sharpening iron friends. The last thing I want to tell you that I learned, and this is probably one of the most important, is God is always doing more than we think he is. This is a conversation I had with Wyatt yesterday that, um, man, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. And that's usually how we read it, and we just kind of breeze through it. And you better slow it down. Because God is always doing more than you think he is, and he knows what he's doing, and you need to trust in him. And in all your ways, acknowledge him and not lean on your own understanding. You want to sh- I'm going to show you what my understanding is when I give something to God. Chris, can you put that can you put that visual up? This is usually the way I do it. Right? Right? But here's the thing, you guys. God is always doing more than we think he is. And we can sit there and say, Lord, you don't understand in this situation. Let me explain to you how this should go. And he says, oh, little Stephanie, I am doing much more than you think I am. You just let me do this. Because remember how you tell all those college students to trust in the Lord with all their heart, lean not in their own understanding? You should try that too. God is always doing more than we think he is. I just wanna close with a a story about our first place in ministry, again, Staples. And when we went there, uh, it was my birthday, July 8th, 1991. Ironically, we started our ministry in Staples on my birthday and we started, I started ministry in Winona on my birthday too. And it was a Sunday, my husband was The pastor and his wife preached for Sunday morning service and went on vacation. And Chuck was just left, like, in charge of the church. How would you like that to be your first week in ministry? Pastor preaches, and he's gone, and you're in charge. And Chuck said it was okay, because, like, stuff was going to be there. We could figure it out. Well, Sunday night, the church got a phone call from Lake Geneva. It was summer, obviously, in July. And they said, hey, we are desperate for counselors, Can you send a counselor?" And I'm like, I can go. I can go to teen camp. I love being at teen camp. And Chuck said, I think you should stay here. I don't know. (laughs) And I said, there's four boys going from Staples. I can drive them there. The parents won't have to drive them, and I'll stay for the week. I love being at Lake Geneva. I did not know, because we had some other opportunities to go to other churches that were not much bigger, but a little bit bigger, maybe definitely a little bit more money we didn't feel like we were supposed to together we felt like we were supposed to go to staples and god was doing so much more than we thought he was and in that car was a little boy named amos self and he would come to church without his parents because his home life was really really rough and he would bring his little brother and sister and i did not know that that week that week that i got to go to camp with him he was called to ministry at Lake Geneva. God is always doing so much more than we think he is. And Amos has went back to his home, back up by Staples. He's a pastor in Verndale. He took over a church of 10 people and pretty much had to shut the thing down and start all over again. And he has just done an amazing job. It's hundreds of people now in a town of 400 And you know what? We could have looked at that and said, we're beyond this. We just don't, we just kind of feel like maybe this is beyond us. But God is always doing more than you think he is. As I close, as I pray, I want you, if you have time, I know some of you got to run out to class, but for a second, I want you to think about this, okay? In what area do I need to grow? Do I need to realize? That I'm overthinking my purpose and just let God use me the way I am. Do I need to be a little more faithful in the small things? Do I need to think about maybe going to a smaller place, ministering to a smaller group? Are there friends that I need to adjust or am I the friend that needs adjusting? And do I need to realize God is always doing more than we think he is? So I want you to just bow with me right now. God, I pray you will be with these students right now, Lord God. God, I pray that just in this simple message that you've completely kind of revamped what I'm supposed to share, Lord God, that there will be things that they can take away, that as they look at what you are calling them to in their lifetime, especially in the next few years, that they will realize, you know what? Whatever I do, I'm going to do for your glory, Lord God, and I'm going to do it with all my heart, and I'm going to be faithful in the small things, and I'm going to be I'm going to be careful who my friends are, and I'm going to really strategically look for iron-sharpening iron friends. And I'm going to remember that you are faithful, that when it doesn't make any sense and I feel like I need to give you some direction on how to run my life, I'm going to remember that you are always doing more than we think you are. And maybe someday you're going to have me in a place that maybe didn't look all that attractive, but there is going to be a ripple effect from the ministry there of other young people who you call to ministry, and they go out and do greater things than we do. And is are we okay with that? Are we okay at just being that conduit? So, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity we have to hear from you. I pray that truly students will take this to heart and think about what it is that that you have for them today. Thank you for this college. I pray it will continue to just be a beacon, just an incredible place for people to build amazing lifelong relationships, to get amazing ministry training, theological training, and marketplace training to be marketplace ministers. We thank you in advance for what you're going to do in our life, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks for being here, guys.